you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second movie, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmeyer. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to this Thanksgiving week edition of the Rich Eyes and Podcast presented by the good people of Bud Light. Week 12. Week freaking 12 of the NFL season and um, very few things are decided. Uh, I think we can decide that the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers are playoff bound. We can probably say that about a couple of teams in the AFC with the Patriots now leading the AFC East by two games. Uh, over the Bills and Jets who play each other this week but are in an absolute free fall, certainly with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets playing each other, coming in a a combined five-game losing streak for both of those teams. I think you can safely say the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. The Houston Texans have a two-game lead in the AFC South, but they have a backup quarterback who has not started a football game in two years this very week um, in Matt Leinert's. So we are firing up Texans cam for Matt Leinart here on this program here uh, on the Rich Eisen podcast. Very excited. I haven't spoken to him in a very long time. Matt Leinart on this program. Um, and uh, also on this program, Nick Bakai, longtime Buffalo Bills fan, now suffering again. Last time he was on this podcast, he was wearing his uh, Super Bowl championship T-shirt. <laughs> One of the Super Bowls that the Bills lost, I guess, was being sent to uh, Malaysia or something. And uh, one of his friends, uh, I think it was Bill Fagerbacky, the actor who was uh, was on Dauber on Coach, he uh, he got him that shirt. At any rate, things have changed. We're going to check in with Nick. It's a top five shirt that he has. Chris Law, everybody. Chris Law, podcast producer on the audio side. And Michael Hayden, the uh, podcast producer on the, on the... How's it doing? How's it doing? On the television <laughs> side. Um who else is on the show? Brian Billick on the show? Coach Billick, yep. As well. He just did the Niners and the Cardinals. He watched the uh, Niners lay the wood to another team. That's eight straight wins for Jim Harbaugh's team. And if uh, they somehow, some way, uh, had corralled Tony Romo in the fourth quarter of that week two loss and not taken it to overtime and somehow, some way, covered Jesse Holly of all people in overtime, they might be as undefeated as the Green Bay Packers. Who would have thought? I know. I should know this, but do they play this season, regular season at all? Who? Niners Packers? No. 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 They do not. Uh. They do not. The The Niners play the AFC North and they play the NFC North. Got it. Got it. No, they don't they don't so they don't play the NFC North. Pardon me. No, they played the Lions because that's a uh that's a um that's one of those deals where they have the same record. Oh, they have the, it finished in the same place as the year before. Year before. Yeah. Got it. So. Stephen J. Dubner also ah, on the slate today. Is that right? That is correct. He does uh, football Freakonomics for NFL Network. That's right. That's right. I haven't seen that documentary. Um, but um, he's got 
Well, you've spoken to his people, correct? Already? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. No, he. Uh, well, he obviously wrote, co-wrote the book, uh, right? Freakonomics, Freakonomics, and then and they super it, Freakonomics, super Freakonomics. They turned it into a movie that and a radio well. show and a podcast that yep. that does top ten stuff on iTunes. Yeah. So the NFL, we we called him up and asked him to do a series for us, and he takes a look at football uh, Freakonomics, debunking myths and looking at stuff. It's pretty interesting. So interested to hear you chat with him and what he has to say. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Who are you a fan of, Michael Hayden? What team is your team? The Bengals. The Bengals. It's been a rough two weeks. Close two weeks. Well, it's promising. been a, yeah, at least it has been a close two weeks. I mean, that's a yeah. good thing, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's been very promising. Andy Dalton's looked good against the Ravens. It was a lot of those interceptions was just him trying to make plays. But yeah. he made some great throws made in the fourth quarter. Throws. Some deep throws. Definitely some... missed AJ Green. Yeah, that might have been a different right result, there. right? Yeah. And again, we're loath to talk about. The Thursday games, there's too many of them, right? I mean, so many people will be downloading this afterwards. But for those who were downloading it before, um, Niners can clinch. Yep. They can clinch if they win on Thursday night. Uh, and Seattle loses at home to Washington. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Seattle wins that game. I think Seattle wins that game. And then the Eagles have a big one against New England this week yes, in Philadelphia. Go. Yes. Yeah. So do. New England can apply the hammer to the nail that the Giants could not this past week um that'll be great you think vince young gets start number two i don't know uh vic is going to try and and practice this week but that would be that would be something else if the eagles win that game right Right that that would mean for our following thursday game both the eagles and the seahawks would be going for the right to even their record at 500 with four games left that would be a big one that makes the, that raises the stakes a little bit for our game the week after Thanksgiving. We got, we've got right? a great slate so far. You, you had a great one last week. Oh my goodness! And we're going to talk about that with Bakai a little bit because I've never seen anything like that with my own two eyes in my whole life. I've never seen that. You know, I got people blowing me up on Twitter saying that I, I, you know, I was gushing at Tiba. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I've never seen anything like that. And 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 his reaction to it in person, it was uh, something to see. How you know? could you not be impressed? But on the first 55 minutes were brutal, brother. Awful. And Elway this week, you know, saying on his radio show that, asked point blank, do you have your future quarterback in your roster? Are you sure about about that right now? He said no still. And um, Pro Football Talk, I think, uh, put up a bunch of tweets that Elway's Twitter account received through, I guess, uh, uh, some FM station called those tweets. Things that you'd never think a Bronco fan would say to John Elway, oh, ever. I mean, this is amazing what we are seeing unfold in Denver. Are you, are you surprised? Unbelievable. Are you surprised that Elway, I mean, he's saying the truth kind he of? He is but... saying the truth. It's his job to evaluate this thing long term. And and I know for the first five weeks it has worked. And the intangible that, 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 that Tebow brings is in, incredible. I mean, you feel it. It's a tangible intangible, you know, and... So, but it's his job to make sure that this team can can handle this long term. I don't think anybody still, even those who believe in Tebow, think that that the way they're playing football is sustainable in the National Football League. I mean, the Wildcat two years ago worked well, and then the next year it disappeared because everybody adjusted yeah. to it. I'm not comparing Tebow to Elway by any means, but Elway seven touchdowns, fourteen interceptions his rookie year. 40 completed under 50% of his passes. I think it's a different NFL now, though. I really yeah. do. I, I plus I, I I don't recall 
you know, if they change their playbook to to accommodate Elway in his rookie season, I don't know. That's true. That's another thing that we're seeing with Tebow. He denied that though. I, 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 I in our conversation on Thursday Night Football post game show, uh, Marshall mentioned how point blank that they've changed his, their entire playbook, and he denied that, saying that they didn't put new plays and that this was their playbook, and, and they they just changed some things around to keep the defense off balance. And, you know, I mean, that's one of those situations as a host, you know, do you stop the flow of the conversation and say, hey, Tim, you know, you got to be kidding me. I couldn't imagine Kyle Orton running most of this stuff. What are you talking I, about? I mean, an option play with a shovel pass. I definitely think Kyle Orton never ran that. I mean, just or triple options yeah. and all this stuff. But it was not working, and there was a lot of booze in that stadium. It was eight three-and-outs in a row. Yeah. But their defense and Von Miller's such a beast kept Mark Sanchez so much off balance. And I, I would have sworn everybody, certainly, before in that game, if you thought uh, after that game, you know, the conversation would have been about a quarterback's effectiveness moving forward. Is he the franchise quarterback of the future? Is he who we think he is? I would have thought for sure that Tebow would have been the subject of that conversation, not Mark Sanchez. And that's not the what, what, what came out of that. It's all about Sanchez in New York right now. Is he really the guy? So yeah, I mean we've had some interest. We've had a good run, yeah, so far, and, and we're just uh, we're just one quarter of the the way into our schedule right now as we speak. So yep. um, that's a good one. And uh, all right, so we got a good lineup on the show. Great lineup for Thanksgiving week. You know, there you go. Our big guest is being pushed back a little bit that we kind of teased last week. Okay, but uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right, uh, let's get right to it on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light. Pleased to welcome now on the Rich Eisen podcast presented by Bud Light, someone who I have not spoken to in quite some time. He is the man of the hour in Houston. Joining us on Texans Cam, quarterback Matt Leinert. How are you, Matt? I'm good, Rich. How's it going? It's I'm, been a while. It has <laughs> been a while. It's been it's been it's been a few years since you and I have spoken. Um, what do you make of this opportunity you have here in front of you, Matt? Uh, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for me. It's uh you know, I've, I've worked hard for this chance for, for a lot of years now. And, um, you know, I've, I've kind of just done, done a lot of hard work, prepared, and just wait for my number to be called. And, you know, unfortunately, Matt went down and, um, you know, someone I look up to and someone's a great quarterback. But in this profession, you know, the next guy has to step up. And, and this is my opportunity. I'm just very excited. You know, I'm on a, a great football team surrounded by great guys. And it's, uh, it's just going to be fun. What has Coach Kubiak told you? Uh, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot. And, you know, when I came back and re-signed, you know, he said, you know, there may be an opportunity if it arises. And this is why you came back here, you know. And um, he knows that, you know, I've been working my butt off. I've been uh, preparing hard. And, uh, you know, the, the coaches and, and Coob, they demand a lot of us from the quarterback position here in Houston. And um, I've just tried to emulate my game a little, what Matt, Matt Schaub does with this offense. And, um, now I get a chance to run the offense, so I'm excited. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your options that you had just a, a few months ago. There was a lot of chatter that you and Pete Carroll might have uh, reunited based on, uh, obviously, your sweatshirt right there, SC football, <laughs> uh, that you and Pete Carroll might have had a chance to reunite in Seattle, and it's something that, that you turned down. Is that a true story? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, with free agency this year and the whole lockout, it was a very, it was obviously a different kind of a different time just uh you know with uh you know making a decision fast on where you wanted to go if you had opportunities and I talked to Pete and um you know I weighed all my options and and honestly you know this was the best situation for me to come back to and you know I know people question that going there having a chance to start and all that but 
going there, learning a new offense in a very limited amount of time, um, you know, as opposed to coming here, being in an offense that I know that I can, you know, excel in if I were given that chance, you know, just because I'm comfortable with it, um, you know, and, and now look, here we are, you know, obviously everything has worked out to that regard. And, and now I have a great opportunity in front of me. You know, I talked to Pete and, um, you know, I told him the decision I made and he was happy for me. And you never know what could happen down the line. But I just know being back in Houston was the best place for me. But you can understand why people will be left scratching their heads because there is an opportunity for you to start almost right away. And here's one where obviously it's Matt Schaub's team in that respect. Yeah, but, you know, going into that situation, I would have been the third quarterback um, behind Travaris and Charlie Whitehurst learning a brand new offense, you know, with those guys really, well, actually, you know, a new offense for Charlie as well. But, um, you know, just kind of being the third guy trying to catch up, you know, it was just it was just an, uh, an option. I had to weigh all my options, you know, and, and being back in Houston, despite what people said or think, you know, I know it's the great place, the, the right place for me. And and now I get a chance to prove, you know, why I came back here. Right. Uh, and like I said, it has been a while since we chatted. So please indulge me as I hit the way back machine since it's been a while. Uh, what did happen in Arizona? I'm sure you get that question a lot. I'd love to hear the answer. <laughs> um, you know, it just wasn't a good fit. You know, it was, uh, you know, just a lot of things happened. You know, be- getting hurt my second year, um, you know, Kurt taking over and, and obviously kind of reviving his career and um, putting on Hall of Fame numbers. And um, I don't want to say I kind of got lost in the mix, but, you know, he just, you know, he revived his career. And I battled with him for two or three training camps. Um, I worked my butt off. I prepared and, and, uh, you know, you know, they thought I wasn't the right fit for them. And, um, you know, it was time to move on. And, and that's what happened. And, uh, I'm blessed that I was able to sign with Houston last year. Uh, last year was a very, uh, big learning experience for me being here in a new offense and getting the, uh, being coached the way I was coached last year. And, and now coming back here, you know, this is an offense that I feel like, um, is best is more suited to my skill set, you know, being similar, you know, what we ran in USC and um, nothing against Arizona. You know, they drafted me. They gave me a chance in the league. You know, it didn't pan out the way I think both sides wanted it. But now I'm here and have a chance to to play again and get this thing going. How will this offense look with you at the controls as compared to to Matt Schaub, Matt? A lot of people are wondering if this this ship that is at a seven and three start and clearly the best opportunity for the Texans to make the playoffs for the very first time. How will you, at the controls of this ship, look, in your estimation, compared to what we've already seen? I, you know, I don't think much is going to change. Um, you know, obviously, Matt being in this offense for four or five years now, you know, I think him and Coob have a comfort level with what Matt likes and what he's good at and um, you know, putting a lot on his shoulders because of the experience he's had. And, and for me, you know, that's the difference, obviously not being in this offense as, as many years as Matt has, but, but getting a taste of it last year and now getting a bunch of reps in training camp. And this year, um, I feel totally comfortable running this offense. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, just with the bootleg game and some of the other stuff, you know, obviously I'm left-handed, but I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think the offense is going to stay the same and we're going to run our stuff, you know, and, um, we have a great running game, you know, which will continue to run the ball, and and that just sets up our play action pass and our naked stuff that has been so good to us. How has Andre Johnson looked? He looks good. He looks very good. You know, um, he had a great practice yesterday. We were able to, you know, get some reps in there together and throw the ball. And um, you know, it, it it might take a couple of days just to get the rust off a little bit, a little bit being out six weeks, but he's going to be, 
he's going to be ready, and I know he's been chomping at the bit to get back out there. Well, speaking about, uh, again, knocking rust off, it, this will be the two-year anniversary since your last start, Week 12, 2009. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're aware of that. It is uh, exactly two years since you last started a game. What do you think uh, the butterflies are going to be like for you come Sunday? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not nervous. You know, I feel excited. I think more anxious, you know, and, uh, you know, I just want to go out there and play well, execute the plan, move the chains. And, and, and this situation is so much different than, you know, my last start and just the type of team we have and the position we're in and, um, the running game and all that kind of stuff. So I know there's not a lot, you know, I don't have to feel like I have to put the game on my shoulders, you know, and, um, I'm excited though. I can't wait. You know, this is, like I said, been something I've been waiting for, for a long time, and I'm in just there's no better situation or a place I could be in um, to to get this opportunity. Yeah, and, and you have the king of namaste behind you, though. So if you do need a, to stay within <laughs> yourself and your chi, just look at Arian Foster, right? Will, and just and just yeah. just, it, just we'll just we'll just come yes. all over you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the king of namaste. And and, just, yeah. you know, and also think about the jacket that he wore on CBS on Sunday. Did you see that, Matt? Did you happen to see that from? from I, I didn't. I, I don't know. I, he, he always tries to make a fashion statement every week. And mm-hmm. trust me, we do get on him every week. <laughs> you should, because uh, it, it looked as if um, uh, Santa's elf, uh, uh, I guess, locked room blue exploded it just it just blew up and i don't we don't we were we were sitting there watching with a corner of our eye while we were doing our pregame show it was distracting to say the least but it also calming you know what i mean you know he's he's he arian is his own person you know i think mm-hmm. he's in his own world sometimes and <laughs> uh, but that that may, that's what makes him such a unique individual and um, you know, a heck of a football player. Yeah, though. absolutely. And 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 he is uh, he's as good as they get right now. And I'm sure that's that's something, as you mentioned, it's going to still be part of the game plan. And, and we'll see him and Ben Tate running downhill on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Arian had a great year last year and kind of a breakout year. And and this year, you know, missing a few games to be able to do what he's been doing. I um, mean, it's pretty incredible. You know, he's such a threat running and and catching the ball. And um, ben Tate has been been a great player for us, and it's been a great one-two punch for those guys. And um, Derek Ward, Derek Ward is is as good as anybody, I think, too. You know, so we have a great trio of backs, and our offensive line has done a great job. And um, for me, it's just you know getting the ball in their hands and letting them do what they're they're uh, they've been doing. Would you have wear, worn that uh, sweatshirt if the Oregon result was different, Matt? Uh, you know, you this know, was I'm... hanging in my it was hanging in my locker. Oh, is that I thought it? I'd, okay. I thought I'd represent. Well, MJD was on last week, and he rocked the UCLA. So that game's yeah, coming up. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I, I think I know who's going to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> you do, huh? That's good. I oh, like yeah. that. I like we're that. Roll, we're rolling right now. It's it's fun to see. Yeah, and and uh, have you been paying attention to the other quarterbacks that have uh, followed you uh, in in USC into the National Football League? Have you been following the the ex, the exploits of Castle and Sanchez and? Uh, have you been doing that at all, Matt? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, myself and Matt uh, Castle work out a bunch in the offseason together always. And um, I've followed Sanchez and he was a freshman when I was a senior. And mm-hmm. then John David Booty came That's after. Right. And then uh, I've known Matt Barkley since he was about seventh or eighth grade. You know, he went to modern day as well as I did. So um, I'm, I'm proud of the way he's been playing. You know, he's gotten better every week and he's putting up ridiculous numbers every week and leading that team amongst you know, all the kind of chaos that's happened over there in the last couple of years. He's he's kept that uh, that team together and had a great season. And I guess just to wrap things up, what what has it been like for you 
the last few years. I mean, you were a Heisman Trophy winner. You were the big man on the biggest campus when it was as big as it gets last decade. Um, and here you are in 2011 getting, uh, in, in many ways, your first major opportunity. I know you had some starts with Arizona, but this one right here, your team, this is a, this team is ready to roll in many people's estimation for the playoffs. You got the defense, you got the running game, and you've got your skills at quarterback. I'd love to know what you were thinking the last several years, Matt. Uh, you know, I've always, I've always just kind of, you know, stayed out of the spotlight, so to speak, you know, obviously coming from the spotlight in college in the, in my rookie year. And I've really just kind of put my head down and just worked my butt off. You know, I worked my tail off. I haven't said anything. I've just always been positive. I've kind of taken my lumps and my hits and um, just continued to work hard knowing that, you know, hoping one day I would get a chance, get an opportunity to show that I, I can be a starter in this league. And that's all I've wanted. And, and now the time has come for me to show that. And I'm just excited. You know, it's been a long time coming, but, you know, my teammates here and my family and friends will, could tell anyone that I've just completely worked hard, you know, in the off season, during the season for this chance. And um, like you said, you know, just being in a, on a great team in a perfect situation to take over and, um, you know, take it uh, game by game, but setting ourselves up to hopefully make a playoff push. Matt, thanks for joining. Uh, like I said, it's been a while. It's good to see you. It's good to see you get this opportunity and good luck with you on that. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. Great to talk to you again. You bet. That don't don't be such a stranger, Matt. You know this <laughs> podcast chair is always welcome to. You. All right. You know? All right. Okay. Good. That's Matt Liner, as I mentioned, the man of the moment in Houston, joining me on Texans Cam on the Rich Eisen podcast. Please now to welcome to the program uh, back one of my favorites, all time favorite people, funny guys, and big time Buffalo Bills fan, Nick Bakai. How how are you, Nick Bakai? Well, you know, a little despondent. It's uh, start, all of a sudden our miracle season is starting to uh, d- dissolve into a kind of a Jaron esque eight and eight maybe <laughs> Jaron esque. <laughs> it's really tough, and I, I'm on a lot of the message boards, and you know everybody's just reeling because what happened? I don't. Well, I think depth for one thing. You know, I mean, the the line, which was a huge question mark going into the year, turned right. out to be pretty good. Right. I mean, we, we had, you know, I mean, Levitre's played every position, and he was a bit of a mess. Not a Costa-level mess, but the snaps were all well, crazy. I was watching the game with uh, Joe Theismann, who was in town to do the no huddle, and he's he was basically, he's kept, he was literally screaming at the screen yeah. to Fitzpatrick, just move to the left. <laughs> if every snap is going to be wide left. Make the adjustment. Right. I saw that on just one take a step. Hey, Hey, Harvard boy, step left. <laughs> just, hey, Harvard. Did, hey, did you really? On, on, uh, some some message board or Twitter. Bills fan put that up. There. Hey, Harvard boys, do yeah. Because yeah. if you, he's like, if you step to the left, yeah. then every snap will come right to you. Instead, he's reaching out. But I don't think that was the ultimate problem against no. the Dolphins. No, they beat us but, up physically. I mean, that was a wow. That was a jail pounding. It was really bad, and guys getting carted off right and left. I don't know. It's like the mojo's gone and. And uh, I, I, I have a lot of hope that they'll get it back together. But mm-hmm. uh, re- all of a sudden, terribly thin on the line and kind of a mess at wide receiver, too. That's yeah, well, Stevie Johnson has been invisible I know. this year. Arguably not a number one. You know, that was the question, you know. Or he, he is getting left. the number one treatment yeah. and and no one else is there to I – know, I know David Nelson and his lovely yeah. his lovely girlfriend are, are an interesting story. And yeah. I, I mean, he has done well at times. And, and uh, Donald Jones, who they had hoped would step up once they traded Lee Evans, has yeah. been – 
He got hurt, hurt and now he's hurt again. And Roscoe Parrish right off the bat. You Boom. Know, so we, we don't have that speed to stretch things. And They don't look anything like the team that beat the Patriots. The only, thing that, the only player who continues to bring it is Freddie Jackson. He plays like Fred Jackson every week. He's such a warrior. But, yeah, it's very upsetting because nobody expected them to be good at all this year. So it was kind of a, just a fantastic gift right. to have interesting, dynamic football games. And now they're just they're just getting whooped, and I don't know what the answer is. Our defense has always been, you know, we weren't a playoff defense. It was always we had to outscore people. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on, you know, they, they, were, they were intercepting Brady, and they were intercepting... Uh, Vic four times a game, and now the, right. the turnovers have evaporated as well. Maybe they left their game in Canada. Should you send a surge party? Because I mean, that was you—you you beat Washington and Toronto yep. about the face and head in a, in a certain physical way, and that, <laughs> that that you were just beaten in Miami, right? Yeah. Come back from Canada. Maybe, maybe the game is literally it's it's on a fifty five yard line up there somewhere. Maybe that you the, don't know the real Buffalo Bills are playing mm. the Hamilton Tiger Cats as we speak. As we speak, we don't know. And those were the Fugazi Bills that we <laughs> saw in Miami. <laughs> that we saw, That's you great. know, the previous week again in Dallas. Yeah, and that was what a game that was too. I know. I know. The fact that Fred Jackson could have performed at all in that game, how they're getting beat up, and the story about how his childhood home. Yeah. Was was forty yard line or something? It was like a that? corner of the stadium that they it's they eminent domained his. his <laughs> <laughs> now, if that's not a revenge game, I right. don't know what it is. Like and you, you eminent domained my house to build you know? this Jones Mahal. And, I'm going to come after you today. And he did it the hard way, Arena League. You know, Co College, Co College, Marv <laughs> Levy's <laughs> alma mater, the mighty Co College uh, scallops or whatever they are. <laughs> scallops. <laughs> he plays arena. He plays USFL right. or, or Europe, and uh, oh, you know that was the grudge match. Plus, anytime we play the Cowboys, it's grudge match. Of course, I know. Lovely Super Bowl experience. I asked Irvin on game day morning if he was the one who stole Thurman's helmet, <laughs> and he he acted like he didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, but somebody, somebody somebody did something to that helmet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. I, I, what do you think? They look like a team that you know, they're five and five. Yep. They, they may not get to eight wins. It looks like right now. I mean, is not that, the way they're playing. I, I mean, mean, they've got they've got six games to go. Uh, they play the New England Patriots yeah. once again, and that's one of them. And they've got uh, they're they're five and five. So they'd have to they'd have to split their games to just go to five hundred. And they don't look like. They don't look capable of doing that right now. No, it's the, this is what is so bizarre because they played great football. They beat the Pats. We hadn't beat them in a decade. Uh, mm. And and now uh, they literally look like the worst team in the NFL. I can't you think be- so, really? I really do. I'm the, trying to think. The Rams, the, Colts, Colts. the Rams at least get to the quarterback. Okay, Colts. No you're right. You Colts. know what? I, the Colts are so bad I forgot I about saw them. The Rams, the Rams and the Seahawks game um, set time back. On Sunday, you know, like it was, it was another fallback situation. It was, I was watching that game, and you know, um, uh, part of me was was rooting for um, Sam Bradford just to do well because you just want to see right. you don't, you don't want to see young kids regress in this yep. league, right? And then my other part of me is wearing my NFL Network hat. We've got Seattle against Philadelphia the week right. after Thanksgiving, right? You got to get that game up. You know what I mean? I know, but that was no. You're right. Brutal, There's ugly football out still. there. I literally tweeted during the Bills game when it was you know we were down by thirty or whatever, and I said I. I bailed to the Red Zone channel and was promptly, summarily punished with uh, <laughs> with Jacksonville, Cleveland yeah. highlights. It's like, wow, this is what the Red Zone has come to. Did, did you see the end of that game? Yes, I did. Uh, because that was that was uh, 
bizarre, yeah. to say the least. Where the, have you ever seen clock management like that in the last minute of the game? Because no. it was it was one of those things where for those who are listening right now and they're like, "Wow, we're talking Bills." I mentioned <laughs> Seattle and Rams, and now we're on Cleveland and Jacksonville. You're hearing this, you know? Don't adjust your your uh, your iPod right now, but um, <laughs> where where they got inside the five yard line. And they for a fresh set of downs. Yep. And they had one timeout left, and they let it tick down instead of calling timeout with thirty seconds to go, and you get four cracks right from the four or the, the three. Yep. They let it. They let it go. They huddled. They they didn't huddle, but they 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 got everything going, and then they ran it ran, one more time. Ran MJD first down, and then two passes, and and but they didn't have a chance to have a right. They yeah. could have had a fourth down chance. They didn't. The no. game ended on third down. And they didn't give it to MJD there. And then, exactly. And then in the uh, post game press conference, when Del Rio's asked about, mm-hmm. he said, "No, I don't call the offensive plays. You got to you got to ask him what he was thinking." Our coordinator. Is that right? Yeah. He passed the buck. He laid the down. buck does not yeah. stop here. Now you know I have a friend who says Jack Del Rio is just too handsome to fire. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Bill Fagerbach, he came up with that one, but uh, uh, I think Bill. I think he may be. He may who does be he? Past, who, is he a Rams fan too? He's a Rams fan. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. I know. He came in looking so excited. He, for he's him. the he's the famed Dauber from uh, Dauber, and also Pat, Coach. Patrick the Starfish on SpongeBob. Did not know that's that. our that's our man Billy. Yeah. My my old that. roommate in New York. I slept on his couch for three years. Mm-hmm. We went to grad school together. We we starved in New York together, and uh, I can also say Bill is the only per, the only personal friend who was at both of my weddings. So we go <laughs> we go way now back. that now that is that's friendship right there. That's love. Now now did you expect? I've always wanted to know this. Did you expect him to get you another wedding gift? Do you do that? Is that <laughs> is that is that expected at a second at a second wedding? You know that's a really good. It's been long enough ago yeah. that I can't remember. But I, I think I should have given him a complete mulligan on that. Yeah, one. don't you have you to? Know? Don't even you have even to? if wife I mean, number one ran again? off with the toaster or whatever he scrounged right. together, sure, move on. Don't you? Yeah, at that point you can't register and expect somebody to get you a no. gift for the no. second time, or or, or it's you know napkin holders, just the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> Ten dollars or less. Yes, exactly. Something it's, <laughs> we can't put you out. But, I have you to know. prove to you that I can actually pull this concept off before mm-hmm. I hammer you for a KitchenAid mixer. Let's right, say, right, know? right. Yeah. So let's step our game up a little bit here, since we we went Jacksonville, <laughs> Cleveland, Rams, Seahawks, and started with the Bills. The Bills, and the, at least for them, they're playing a team that's down in the dumps this week. Yeah. The Jets, who are who are flat out. In they're discombobulated right now. Yeah. They're they're wondering if they've got the right quarterback right. in New York, right. left and right. And Rex is, you know, pounding the table yep. and saying he's my guy and he's going to be here as long as I'm here, which I hope is a very long time. But I don't think people truly believe that he believes that deep I, down. I, I know you know we a lot of times we look at these things from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, and exactly. You look at look at Santonio Holmes. I mean, they're just getting nothing out of him as far as I'm concerned for the kind of player he is right. and what they gave up to get him there. So, you know, uh, there's something really wrong with that offense. Um, the defense, I, I don't know. I felt like the defense did enough of its job. Well, it always does, but they always are needing one more stop. Yeah. And they can't get it yeah. because they've been three and outed back on the field too much over the first three quarters. It, it seems to happen almost all the time. And it happened – well, you can't also beat Tebow time. No. You know, if you're in the midst of Tebow time, you just have to you just have to sit back and watch it happen, basically. Really there's no – there's just I, – I felt it. I was there. I saw it with my own two eyes. 
Uh, we come back from the two-minute warning on our broadcast, and I knew exactly. I'm like, you know, either this game's going overtime, but it sure feels like we're in the midst of TiVo time right now. And exactly. You were on the nose. and It's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. I mean, I figured they were just going to channel Buddy Ryan and, and do Bears 46 on this guy and say, mm-hmm. go ahead, throw. We've got the best corners. We're not afraid of you. I don't know what went wrong there. but um, What they need to do is channel Woody Hayes and hit him. <laughs> that That's, would help. You know what I mean? That's like true. That might be the only way to snap him out of Tebow time is That's to really haul off and, or do Buddy Ryan, channel that Buddy Ryan and right. Kevin Gilbride. Him. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just like, take a swing at him. Which, I, I, there seems to be no way to snap him out of whatever comes over him with yeah. five minutes to go. Yeah, you're right. He rises up. That's why he's the legend that he is. And he's starting to bring a weird version of that to the NFL. And every time they cut away mm-hmm. to Elway, that was great TV because he looked like the most conflicted soul on the planet Earth. I had, We had him on the pregame show. And I was uh, I was on with Dan Patrick in my weekly radio chat with him earlier in the day. And Dan goes, you know what I'd love to ask Elway? Ask him if he would have drafted Tim Tebow. Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah. And, I, I, and, and I'm like, I will do that. I will do that later on tonight. And I just knew I could never face Dan again or ever his Dan mm-hmm. Nation of listeners again if I didn't <laughs> do it. And so I did. And I got the question repeated back to me. Oh, yeah, rather Sandusky. I wouldn't say. That's what I say. You know what? I, I would say that's apples and oranges, but I understand the analogy right there. <laughs> Not appropriate. You know Not what I'm saying? But but that was the moment that cemented that as like you know this is a tell. You know that's, when you... That, that that moment Costas did cement that moment forever as a tell. When if you get the question repeated back to you, and I asked him, I'm like, is Tim? Would you have drafted Tim Tebow? He goes, What have I drafted Tim Tebow? <laughs> well, I wasn't here. You know, I wasn't part of it. You know, that wouldn't have been part of the process. But yeah. Wow. I would have, and then he asked himself a question, which is, would I have done it in the first round? I don't know if I would have done it in the first round, but yeah, I would have drafted him. He's a special kid, and you know. And then he, then the, he kick-started right then into Then the it. right answers flow. Yeah, I know, but that, I have no doubt he wouldn't have. And I, listen, he ne- and 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 I don't think you know he would never say this publicly, as as his coach said uh, publicly that they'd be screwed if they ever had to run a regular offense as John Fox did. <laughs> that was the most candid thing I've heard in a long but what, time. I loved it. I and did too. I loved it, and it's the truth. And he had you know, and he had to backtrack from it i guess uh, but it, it is true yeah i mean i saw it again with my own two eyes and i and 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 you never can you can never say anything critical about tim tebow in the eyes of his no uh beholders right <laughs> yeah and because it sounds like you're hating on him and i'm not i'm just talking about in terms of looking at a quarterback he throws as if he is throwing with his feet Right. On occasion. Yeah. I mean, the ball would just, it, boom. Yeah. And then there was, in that final drive, he flew. He threw one over to Dante Rosario, his tight end, and it was perfectly thrown. Yeah. And it was thrown, and, and from where I was standing, I could not see Rosario, and I know Tebow couldn't either because I was straight on line with him. And he threw it to the spot. He threw it perfectly arched over the defense. It was, it was again, you don't know what comes over in the last five minutes. Yeah. But to your point, Elway probably never thought he would have this job. Right. Okay. Yeah. Never thought in the the years after going through the Hall of Fame and being in the Hall of Fame and then going through his four dealerships and finding what he wants to do in his life post Hall of Fame career, probably never thought he would he would be asked by Pat Bowlin to come in and run the run the show. Yeah. Probably never thought that he'd want to do it, but those two things happen. Mm-hmm. And he probably never thought that the bet he would be laying when he finally took that job would be a quarterback like Tim Tebow. Oh, not at all. There's no question about that. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. Every time you see him, he wears it. It's like, we're winning, but 
I have this funny feeling. I don't like this. You know, it's like this is, I, and you know, he has the right to evaluate a quarterback like no one else, right? He knows how it's how to get it done. He has to have very strong opinions. Or is the traditional way of evaluating a quarterback now officially changed forever? Maybe it's really interesting. I mean, this year's fascinating because you look at uh, you look at Dalton. He's he's great, and no, and and Cam Newton. And and these guys had no training camp to you know compared to a None. traditional uh, with with some of these guys there's new systems I mean I don't understand quarterback at all anymore it's really bizarre because these guys should be terrible by all old standards they should just be a mess it should be like you know throw them out there the way they did with Peyton Manning as a rookie so mm-hmm. just take your lumps get used to the speed of it and we'll we'll reboot next year. But it's not like that. But they're also maybe having offensive coordinators who are like, all right, the stuff I wanted to do, I, I, I probably can't do. I'm going to do stuff that makes them feel comfortable. Because there are some times that, uh, that, that it looks like uh, Cam Newton and Tebow running the same place. Yeah. From the same spread, they're doing right. the same thing where they're 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 doing option. No, I'm I'm not taking the, I'm t- taking the ball out of your uh, out of the running back stomach to pay it based on the, what I'm reading from whoever's on the defensive line coming at me or dropping back or going left or right. He seems to be doing the same thing. The difference between Newton and Tebow is that when he takes the ball out from the stomach of his running back, he can go through a progression, progression. of receivers. Yeah, I know. It's that really Tebow is trying to do it. He's trying to do it, and I just – I cannot believe that he will not be able to get to that point. I, I agree with that. And, you know, they've had enough people in his head working on his delivery and his throw and his mechanics. That may be the problem, you know, though, don't you It's think? like how that can screw up your golf swing. It's like just remember these 37 things, you know. It's like good luck with that. And and now – and maybe with the short off season too, the, the coordinators said we got to just go simple. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's been a really good thing because look at Cutler. He was – now he's out, but he was just starting to really cook with that complicated Martz approach to the game. You know, Cutler – there's a really talented quarterback. He just started to look like he knew what he was doing in right. that system. Too much? Is it all, you know, are these coordinators just overdoing everything? Good question. And how about that? The Cutler, five-game win streak. They've scored at least 24 points in yeah. all those games. It yeah. is clicking. It is moving. And here comes Caleb Haney, perhaps for the rest of this season. Yeah. And clicking for the Houston Texans. Peyton's out with a neck injury. Division's wide open. The Titans are up and down. The Jacksonville Jaguars are clearly not going to make a run at the division. Right. This is their division to be had. Yeah. And yeah. Schaub Shab goes down. Done, I know. With an injury suffered in the middle of a game where they are crushing their opponent on a quarterback sneak just to get it out of the end zone. Something crazy. that yeah. simple. Like, now it's Leinert's gig. Yeah, no. Until uh, they sign uh, Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia. They're looking at him, <laughs> I right? Know, I, I know. know. Isn't it incredible? It's amazing. The storylines have been mind-blowing this year. I know. I know. It's been so dramatic. And the Cutler thing is interesting, too, because, you know, he he gets hurt trying to make the tackle on the pick, and you have to think about the way his season ended last year and how he was called out on toughness and all of that. Was that a factor? Now, this is not, I, I met, that was uh, one of my lead-ins on game day morning on Sunday, how it's not, no one's questioned his leadership, his effectiveness, or his desire at all. That has been a Gone. total total mirage. Winning gets that all taken Done. care of. Done. Yeah. That hasn't even been an issue at all. But now 
the guy who did come in and almost took him to the Super Bowl in that NFC Championship game, Caleb Haney. I'm I'm not going to count him out. I thought he was exciting too. You know, he, he showed some flashes he last took year. Him. Like yeah. he threw that he threw that pick to BJ Raji. That was yeah. essentially what sealed it. If he didn't do that, yeah. the, the Bears really could have pulled that thing off. It'll be interesting because he's mobile too, and their line. You know, they they've had to sort of work with their line. This will be right. an interesting adjustment. Now, I know it's it's sort of a, a danger to bring this up because um, <laughs> most people will be listening to this after Thanksgiving, and who knows. Uh, the lines could have whipped up on Aaron Rodgers, although I doubt it. A lot of people thought the Bears would be the team that could knock off the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I just don't. I don't think Caleb Haney is going to go on to Lambeau Field, which is where they're going to have to go, uh, not just later on in December for their yeah. final regular season game. If they do, if the football gods do somehow, some way, put those two teams back together in the playoffs again, which is what they never get to do. Yeah. There's no way they're going to win in Lambeau Field with Caleb Haney. I don't. I think, think you're right, and you're right. right. That that looked like the real the, the 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 red spot on their schedule for the Packers. But with Cutler gone, I don't. You know, Green Bay. I know their defense has had its moments of you know the questionable aspects, mm-hmm. but but they're rolling, man. They're rolling. I mean, yeah, I mean Josh Freeman, who couldn't do anything the last month and a half, he, he got healthy with K two. Yeah. He 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 Mike, lit it up. Mike Williams caught a ball. <laughs> Mike Williams caught a touchdown for the first time since week one. LeGarrette Blunt uh, ran through the defense to the point where, uh, I don't know if you heard that on game day highlights, Dion, uh, we showed how many people that LeGarrette ran through, and we counted how many people he was running through, and Dion said, uh, uh, counted off how many people were hitting that blunt, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I was like, wow, that was... Nice. On live TV, how do you, <laughs> where do you go from there? You'll be getting a call from the commission. Hello. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on there with Green Bay. The, they do have the Giants in a yeah. couple weeks in MetLife, yeah. but then we saw on Monday on Sunday night yeah. the Eagles with Vince Young just when you thought they were dead. I know. They may still be buried. They're, they're not dead. I don't but think, I think they're, they're a factor, but you know, they, they literally have to run the table. but To get just to 10 wins. Yeah. But, Which wasn't uh, enough for the Giants or the Bucks. All last Vince year. Young does is win games, Rich. I don't all think he ten does win, is win. Ten wins is not going to be enough. That's I in agree. the NFC, right? I agree. You got the Bears and the Lions yeah. with seven wins each. Yeah, and that's it, though. Yeah, right. I, think I mean, well, the it. Falcons have six. Cowboys. The Falcons be... are going to be the Falcons this week are going to take on Minnesota. Yeah. That yeah. there's, I, I know Adrian Peterson is a beast, but he has a high ankle, the dreaded high ankle sprain. <laughs> I don't think he's. Uh, there's no way Minnesota beats Atlanta without. Um... No, Atlanta's rounding into form too. They're playing good football, and the and Turner's looks like he's in classic Turner form. But, right. Yeah, Dallas is going to make it interesting too. But yeah, I don't. I don't, th- I don't think the the Eagles are a factor at all. So give me, give me right here. Let's do it. Give right. me, give me the playoff field in the NFC right now. Niners, right. Packers, obviously. Get the bye, right? Uh, Those are two teams with the bye. They get the bye. No one's catching the Niners, no I don't way. think. By, no the way, way. Who, by the way, just one game behind Green Bay. So if Green Bay, if Green Bay slips up just once, the team that could swing in and get the number one seed is yeah. San Francisco, yeah. who has uh, a big game on our air Thanksgiving night. Incredible. Baltimore at home. The penultimate Monday night game is in their house, Pittsburgh at San Francisco. Mm. That's big. And the rest of them are all in the NFC West. Yeah. Drek. So yeah. they should win. They they should they should go. They look pretty. At the at the worst, they're going to finish four and two, which would give them thirteen wins. Right. A thirteen. So they're they're a seed. Yeah. They're they're a a a, a bye week team, right? Definitely. Okay. Green Bay, San Francisco. Give me a, give me the rest. Uh, NFC East. NFC East, I believe, is going to be. I still think it's going to be the Giants. You do? I do. 
I know that you know. Look, they're, they're, at New Orleans this week, at Green, but they, because they finished in second place last year. Yeah, because they finished the next two weeks showed up on their schedule. The yeah. Saints finished second last year. Okay, so that's why they're playing the Saints because hmm. they're not playing the NFC South, mm-hmm. and the, they're playing the Packers. Because the Packers finished in second place. We always forget that, that that's where they came from, the sixth seed. Right. So because they finished in second last year, that chicken is now coming home to roost with a big, fat speed bump in their schedule. I just need to see Dallas do it a little more consistently before. I don't know. The Giants are always, they'll have a terrible game. Then they'll Mm -hmm. break off three nice games. I know they're they're not going to win both games coming up. At New Orleans, home for Green Bay. You know they might win. They might win New Orleans. I don't know. We'll New Orleans coming off a bye. They're well rested. Yeah. They get. They could. Sit teams th- teams aren't coming off the bye that great these days. I know, but you I know? think Sean Payton will, will. He's good enough to yeah. to see through all that. And so is Drew uh, Brees. I don't think Brees is, needs needs much. I just feel like I don't know why it, it's sort of the Tony Romo factor, but I feel like Dallas will find a way to get weird before it's all said and done. I just they do. They that, almost you did know? in Washington. Yeah. They almost so, did in Washington. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Washington is not playing well. So, uh then I think the, I I'm going to stick with the Giants but okay. with, but I be hear fine. your proviso. Okay. So, obviously so then we've obviously decided who wins the West and the South, who wins the North. The I mean I mean, I mean the uh, the West and the North, who wins the uh, the NFC South? The uh, Saints. I think the Saints, okay. absolutely. So then where so then where the where do the uh where do wild, wild cards, cards come? come A cutlerless from? Bears team is currently 7 and 3. Yeah. The Lions who uh, just became the first team in NFL history to have three wins, uh, comeback wins in the same season when they were down by 17 or more points. It's amazing. Okay, they just did that against Cam and they this got, week. And they got a running back. Well, Kevin Smith, what a great story that amazing. was. Amazing. And that, that offense with a with a 100-yard rusher is another kind of animal. But I, I love mean, that. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, lone bright spot in the 0-16 season, Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. Comes back, blows out his knee, <laughs> IR. Yeah. Comes back, hurts his thumb, IR. All those rehabs go by. Who would have thought that Detroit would be the place where he'd land and get a chance, and he wins a game for him? It's amazing. Pretty much. He, he was a street-free agent last week. Unbelievable. You know, that guy who went through all that with that franchise, there's something very right about Love that. Love the NFL, man. Love, Love it. it. So so you've got that 7-3 and three, uh, Lions team. You've got the Giants at 6-4, and four, and you've got the Falcons at 6-4. and four. Give me the two wild cards out of that. You know what? I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the Lions, and I'm going to go with Falcons. So the so the G-men make it, uh, and the cow, so the Cowboys are out because they're going to get weird. I think they're going to get weird. And, and Cutler's thumb gives the Bears the thumb. Yeah, it's tricky, but I just I feel like uh, I think the Lions and the Falcons have had their stormy seas okay. this season, mm-hmm. and I feel that they're going to. I think they're going to really finish strong. Okay, it's just my instinct. Okay, and then in the AFC, tough calls. Oh, yeah, I know. That's why I ask these questions. <laughs> and in the AFC, um, that is just who the heck knows? I know. No, I mean, I'm pretty confident New England wins the East. If you look at yes. their schedule, yes, no I doubt. heard somebody talk about it. Like, if you look at the remaining quarterbacks they face, it doesn't get much better after Palco. Palco. It, it's just, they're going to run it. There'll be 12 wins. Palco. Every time I hear Palco, I think of Rock Me Amadeus because it was, for some <laughs> Falco. reason, Falco. Falco. <laughs> nice. I just, for some reason, I always, I don't know why, but uh, I'll be humming that uh, throughout the Monday night game and uh, yeah. At any rate, so the P- uh, Sunday the, night the game. The PA system we're, needs we're, to be alerted about that whenever he enters the game. By the way, the the uh, United States of America is going to get a big taste of Palco 
because they just got him on the Monday night, and he's Sunday night against Pittsburgh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A, lot of, a lot of Tyler Polka. A lot of eyes. And against Pittsburgh, too, you know, which is where he, that was where his school was, and yep. he was doing so well that and Flacco then, had to go to Delaware, and now he's in right. Baltimore, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, yeah. well, uh, who who's the uh, – who's the, so you, you give the East there. Yep. The North. The North. Mm. How about that? It's awesome. Right? It's awesome. Oh, God, I don't know. You know, it, Ravens. I would have to go Steelers. Ravens just because they've got the tie break. Yeah, that's the best reason. That's too. the only reason why. Yeah, but it's a really good one. But I think know? they're both going, yeah, though. I think they're both going. I think they're both going. No, no question. question about it. No right? question. Okay, and, and the South is the Texans. Piece even, of cake, even with Leinart. I think so. I don't think anybody can make a move because the Titans are five and five, yeah. and Chris Johnson is just uh, that's going to be the largest I, mystery I all year. Is it him? Is it's it the so line? Hard. Is it the offense? What What in the world is it? You know, I know. I, I, nobody knows. And the West, the West. That I, I, <laughs> I know Carson's six and four and he's playing well. Yeah, I. He, how do you go against Tebow? I saw, <laughs> I'm telling you, I saw it with my own two eyes, Nick. Because wow, I mean, you were right there. Fifty five minutes of dreck, as my my parents by <laughs> would say, it was it was brutal. Gosh. Eight three and outs, they're booing, and he just doesn't ever get down. It's fascinating, and the and. You know, uh, this is interesting about Tebow, too. He mm-hmm. considered potentially such a divisive guy in a pro locker room just because of, you know. I don't know if he proselytizes. I know he, I know I he mentions he does, but... all the time, you know, he mentions his, and Jake Plummer this week. I don't know if you heard what he said. I did not. Jake Plummer got on the radio this week, and he said, basically, I, I want to get this exact quote because I don't want it to ever, and I can't be attributed to me. But oh, I've got boy. it. I've got it on my BlackBerry. Don't worry. I've got that. I love you, it. You are prepared. Yeah, I do have it right here. Jake Plummer said on the radio, quote, unquote, about Tim Tebow. Here we go. Thank you, Chris Law, everybody. <laughs> uh, he mentioned he loves Tebow. They've got belief in the kid. You know, he's a winner. He thinks the fans are craving the craving winner. And he goes, um, Tebow, regardless of whether I wish he'd just shut up after a game and go hug his teammates, I think he's a winner, and I respect that about him. I think that when he accepts the fact that we know that he loves Jesus Christ, then I think I'll take him a little better. Interesting. I don't hate him because of that. I just would rather not have to hear that every single time he takes a good snap or makes a handoff. Like, you know, I understand, dude, where you're coming from, <laughs> but he's a baller. He knows how to win, blah, 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 blah. He goes gotcha. on. I mean, I think that hits on the head why everyone's talking about him, or one of the many th- reasons why they're talking about him. You I know? agree. But he never, he never gets down no. on himself. And, and I, you, you, watching that game, you were right there, right there, watching it at home. You felt like the Broncos are getting are getting almost giddy and buying in, and this this could have gone either way. But that team is playing with belief. And 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 Michael Irvin says that's why the defense is better because they know they have to play a certain way. Yeah. I don't know if I buy that. That that Tebow's belief is is now bleeding to the defense. I, what I buy is Von Miller is a beast. I, I was going to say the same. He's thing. an absolute beast. I love we, I love that we have Marcel Darius at three. But uh, right. there's a looking at the I, Von Holy Miller smokes. had slipped to us. We'd get to the quarterback. You know, in Buffalo. So I, wow. I, I, he's a machine. And now Doomerville's revved up. You yeah, know, I mean, it helps. To help, got, it helps to have one coming from one side. It's and one really good from news. The other side. All that being said, I you, still you, think you, it's you the Raiders. Raiders. I do. Well, when Darren McFadden comes back, when they have him yeah. and Michael Bush and, yeah. and Carson having a little bit more mastery of the offense, and yep. this kid Denarius Moore, they've got they've got some weapons. As long as they don't, they sure do. They, I, there was one drive against Minnesota that because we get to see everything. I don't know if you saw this. Minnesota is going to be 
blown and they're being blown out, but they're still in it because there's one one drive where uh, a dumb, stupid 15 yard late hit penalty is called on the Raiders fresh set of downs. Yeah. Next play running play holding <laughs> on the defense on a running play. Oh, my God. That was penalties. Uh, penalty numbers 100 and 101 of the Raiders season. Yeah. And Hugh Jackson came out. I heard his statement. Hugh Jackson went Phil Jackson after the game, (laughs) you know, talking about the officials. And I don't know what is, I don't know what's a penalty anymore. I know. I don't know what it's a hit. I don't know what's a penalty anymore. I I, I think somebody from uh, Park Avenue will call him to uh, enlighten him as to what is a penalty and what is not, et cetera, moving forward. But so you're going to go Raiders in that division. I think Raiders, although I I, I have to say, you got me thinking. Plus, I I think John Fox is a really great coach. Well, he's certainly coaching the defense up. And I believe in Tim Tebow. I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw it with my own two eyes and i just don't know they're they're in san diego this week yeah san diego i mean i don't know what is going on yeah i do not know what's going on is san diego i felt san diego's make or break game was two weeks ago and after this week i mean i i think they're just circling the drain now and it's bizarre and well rivers Rivers is a mess 17 picks six in the fourth quarter two more of those this past week so i don't see san diego if there's anybody who can do it it's denver and i i firmly believe it to my core you were looking me in my eyes. I believe it. I'm I not just it. saying it. Now you got me really thinking about that. Rick. You should. I'm, I'm telling you, man. It I'm... is a. It is the most tangible intangible I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll say this. My uh... own two eyes. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I was there, man. I couldn't believe it. Jets had him eight straight three and outs. Fans were booing. Yeah. Tebow doesn't get down. And that's a good defense. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. There's no yeah, grading on the curve with yeah, that. Yeah, it is. You're right. Now I'm really thinking. Think about it. But Plus, I'll, I'll accept your Raiders pick for the moment. By the way, yeah. as a fan, and mm-hmm. that's the most interesting scenario when the playoffs come around as a viewer. Right. I, I, Tebow. CBS is on its hands and knees <laughs> that he makes it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Our game was, I think, the third highest rated game we've ever had. And, you know, I tweeted out uh, from Denver as I leave from the plane, like, see adios, Denver. I'll never forget what I saw here. This game set the bar really high for yeah. Thursday night football. Yeah. Avalanche of tweets coming from people saying, did you see the first 55 minutes of that game? You can't be serious. I fell asleep in the third quarter. Blah, 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 blah. Third highest rated game we ever had. And a game that everyone assumed was going to be a landslide. Yeah. You know? I'm telling you, man. Interesting. Okay, let's move uh, on. Which... I'll give you. I'll give you a chance to forget that. Uh, <laughs> so you're going Texans. You're going yeah. Ravens. You're going Patriots. Yeah. And you're going Steelers. I know for sure. For sure. Where does that last wild card come from? You've got the five and five Broncos. The five mm-hmm. and five. Hey, hey, listen. Everything with the Jets after they got beat by the Broncos. Everything broke their way this weekend. Bills lost. I know. Bengals lost. Jets are in a contender for okay, sure. Okay, and the Jets have a quote unquote soft schedule. They got Washington. I, I, I don't think you consider Miami a soft part of your schedule anymore. No. They do have the Eagles. They've got the Giants. They do finish against Miami. They've got the Chiefs. Um, you know, uh, Bengals are in this mix too. By yes, the way. they are. They are shocking this year. They're in front. Know. They're they're in front of that mix right now. They yeah. are they are currently the team at six and four that that has a wild card spot as we currently. And it's sit funny. Here. I feel like they're the most compelling team because the Jets have been schizophrenic. The Bills, I think, are cooked for the playoffs. I'm, so you think the Bengals make it? I think the, today you, I'm going to say the Bengals. So you got you're taking three out of the North. I am, 
And I'll give you, is this your final answer? The Raiders over the Denver Broncos? Is this your final answer? Uh, you know what? I can't do it now. Okay. I, I respect where you're coming from. And I am a firm believer that if someone has been close to a situation mm-hmm. and is got vi- vibing that strong, I you've got to listen to I him. might still be. I've been accused of being a Tebow lover. But I, I also <laughs> just told you, I think he throws with his feet sometimes. You I know. know. But again, I, I've, I, I, but w- the thing that really struck me is it, Either he is putting on complete airs uh, or he never truly does get down ever on himself. Oh, I, I mean, because it's it's unbelievable. I mean, those were some of the ugliest three and outs I've seen. Yeah, They were booing. They were booing. They was, he had to hear the boos. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And he gets up there with five minutes to go. You're right. Water off his back. It's no. It's amazing. Somebody, one last one analogy. I don't want to say who it is because um, <laughs> he has been on this podcast before. Uh, when I told him about how it's a simple approach that's unassailable, right? It's mm-hmm. a very simple uh, approach that I, no one's ever going to let me get down. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's an unassailable, altruistic, uh, and in many other ways, unrealistic way of going through life. Yes. Chauncey the Gardener being there. <laughs> he could be the, the being there of, of, of quarterbacks. That's really interesting. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, and, it's such an interesting, it is, it's such an interesting area because we all struggle. Mm-hmm. We all struggle in life. In and, every job. And you go, you look he, retrospectively at your life and you realize, you know, I spent a lot of time worrying and it never changed anything. And yet I think men, my theory is that women tend to obsess on the past and men obsess on the future and not in a positive way. And right. so any way that you can view your future positively, uh, I bottle that. I want some. Well, he, he's he's serving it. He's got it. He's got it in bottles. It's like an undertow. Yeah. That's how big the bottle is. I'm, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I, I'm telling you. I love it. Now watch. I'll lose the next six games and, well, and, and they'll, they'll go five and 11. And, but I don't, I don't think they will. Interesting. I believe it. I believe it. Um, uh, so okay, I'll take the. That's those are good picks. Those are good picks. Those right are now. all good playoff teams, right? Those are good. Those yeah. are good. Yeah. Yeah. You want to play anybody from the North this year? I'll tell you that much. In the AFC, mm-hmm. I don't want to play any of those teams. I wouldn't either. They're tough. And the Bengals playing in that division, they're battle tested. You know, they're I, they, they're the shock of the year to me. I can't believe how well they're playing. Yeah, and they're totally still under the radar. Yeah, and you know, I know they lost this week, but they played a great game. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, what do you got? Zookeeper is on DVD, a lovely holiday gift for the whole family. You are the, you are the muse of Kevin James, That's are you not? Right. That's right. <laughs> Poor Kevin. <laughs> some guys expect some sort of little angel to pop down, but they get me. So Zookeeper. Zookeeper. And uh, uh, you can also uh, check Mall me Cop? out. Mall Cop? Paul Blart Mall Cop, yeah. Where, where, is there, is there going to be a – what do we got here? What's 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 Is there any more – Coming from that, are there any more zookeepers? Any more Paul Blarts? There was anymore? no plans for a mall cop sequel as of now. Okay, you never know. Okay, and you can catch me me tweeting away now at Nick Bakai for real. Which Rich Eisen is the man who who made me get aboard, and now I'm having a blast with it. It's great, isn't it? The best. You're per, you're made for it. And oh. what's give what's Robin's? Let's give her a, a pop it's here. What's it? At Robin A B. Okay. Yeah. At Robin A B. Your yeah. lovely wife, Robin yeah. Bakai. Yep. Yeah. Nick, you the man. You. Thanks for coming Always on. fun, Rich. Thanks for having right, me. We're going to get you back. It's Nick Bakai on the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. Joining me here now on the Rich Eisen Podcast is a man who has uh, taken the term Freakonomics and has emblazoned it into the lexicon <laughs> of the United States and beyond its borders. He is Stephen J. Dubner, journalist and co-author of Freakonomics, Super Freakonomics, joining me here on the program. How are you, Stephen? 
I'm pretty good. We're working on the pajama set coming up soon. Is so. that right? Yeah, and, and slide rules, you know, the whole package. Oh, yeah, fun for the whole family. <laughs> kids kids will love the slide rule one. They will. Um, so you're doing Football Freakonomics for NFL.com and NFL Network this fall, and I'd love to just jump right into uh, why you think the Freakonomics label perfectly meshes with the National Football League. Uh, well, I, I got to be honest with you. I would not have had the, uh, the chutzpah to suggest that it did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, even though, you know, I'm a lifelong football fan, uh, all, a lot of Freakonomics stuff we do is about sports. My co-author, Steve Levitt, who's at the University of Chicago, we're both big. I'm, I'm more of a sports fan. He's more of a degenerate gambler type. Nice. Um, and, and he likes the statistical end of things. But um, honestly, the NFL came to me on, on a project last spring. We tried it out, uh, had a good time. And so now in the fall, we're doing it for real, as you said. And uh, it just lends itself perfectly to what we do. Basically, what we do is we try to use data uh, to figure out what's going on in the real world that might be a little bit different than people typically think. So we try to upend conventional wisdom when possible. And, you know, football and all the sports, really, there are so many narratives that we love and believe in, but they're not always 100% true. So we try to figure out what's really going on, and we're having a blast with it so and far. When you say, so it, 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 would it be, um, I guess, applicable to take a look at, say, we just had Matt Leinert on our program, uh, and uh, Caleb Haney is going to be taking over for Jay Cutler, Matt Leinert, for Matt Schaub. Is there any sort of Freakonomics look that we can uh, apply to uh, backup quarterbacks coming in for playoff-bound teams in the middle of November? Is there any sort of thing that we could take a look at there, Stephen? A- absolutely. So, you know, this is a, that, that's a perfect question that we would like to answer. So what you do, we'd probably sit down and look at, you know, 20 years' worth of data. Uh, so I could I could tell you something right now that I think might be true, but sure. it'd be totally worthless. Go for it, though. Uh, no, I, no, my podcast uh, is all about totally worthless. <laughs> Don't worry about look, it. All right, I'm a I happen to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so we had a replacement quarterback by the name of Ben Roethlisberger a few years ago, I who him. came on and you know he did all right. We also had you know Joe Gillum back in the day, and you know <laughs> we 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 have a long line of uh, quarterbacks getting slaughtered and people stepping up to do a good job. But no, that's exactly the kind of question we'd ask. We'd say first of all, th- th- there's a lot of angles to it. One is how good are is the number two guy typically, but also you try to look uh, kind of broad the trend in the NFL. As salary caps have changed, as asset allocations change, you look how much money is put into the number two quarterback and the number three quarterback now versus what it used to be. You know, if I'm a GM, I might think about lining up uh, a a great second string left tackle now a little bit more than I used to a great running back or a fourth wide receiver or whatnot. So those are the kind of trends we look at, try to find some data and see. And what you might find is that, you know, that number two quarterback is often undervalued uh, for his play on the field and maybe overvalued in the budget? I don't know what the answer would be, but that's that's the kind of thing we go looking for. So give me stuff that you already have the hardcore data for, uh, that you um, already, the trends that you've already investigated with your Freakonomics team and have come up with some hard numbers here. Well, we checked out icing the kicker, you know, this uh, wonderful, I, I mean, you know, I have a little bit of the skeptic in me. I like to think that icing the kicker is half a confection of the uh, networks who just want to squeeze in an extra time out. You know, it, it's very, but uh, it turns out that icing the kicker statistically is just a wash. It doesn't, it doesn't work at all. And in fact, there are some cases in which it backfires. And when you talk to kicker, after you look at the stats and you talk to kickers, they'll tell you that, you know, if, first of all, if I'm at this level, 
I'm not going to get psyched out. Second of all, it gives me an extra 60 seconds to stand out there and look at the wind and look at what's going on. So the now, numbers the numbers have shown that the numbers uh, have shown that icing the kicker does it. It may have worked a little bit in the beginning when there was a bit of a novelty. Now I think what might be actually valuable is to act like you're going to ice the kicker and then not, only because that's the only <laughs> that's kind of the only way left you can mess with them. You well, know? if a um, kicker is peripherally checking out the coach to see if there's a timeout coming, then I think the the whole effect of icing the kicker would work because the kicker clearly is not focused on the the task at hand. But, I, I, but, the whole concept is that that Shanahan started this thing, I guess, in earnestness in 2007 by by calling a, a last second timeout on Seabass, who then missed yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. So that, exactly. That began this myth, and then. And you know that I mean that's a good example. When you say that began the myth, that is exactly right. So another another kind of myth we look at is the myth of momentum, right? And how big? I mean, look, guys in 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 the in the broadcasting industry. You're always telling us about big mo, momentum, like the 12th man, like once it gets going, forget it. So we looked at, uh, you know, how real is momentum in a football game? Now, this is really a hard question to answer because confidence is real. I mean, let's not, uh, even I, who likes statistics, I'm not going to deny that. Confidence mm-hmm. is real. But if you look at momentum and you see if a, if a team seems to get on a roll and you can quote, feel the momentum turning. We wanted to look at how real that was. And again, if you examine it statistically, you find out it's not very real. The effect is very, very, very slim. Here's the problem, though. You said, you know, Shanahan icing Seabass at one time, it becomes a myth. And, And when something, what's anomalous, something unusual happens, it it plants itself on our brain. And we're very good at recalling that anomaly and thinking it's normal. So if you can think of some amazing comeback, the Buffalo Bills coming back from 32 points down, you think momentum, momentum, momentum. What I would say is the only reason you remember that damn thing is because it was so rare. And the fact that it was so rare tells us that those instances are few and far between. It's what, what statisticians call regression to the mean. When something wild happens, odds are it's going to come back to the middle. Interesting. So your statistics are, are have looked at momentum. How did you look at momentum statistically? How does one do that, Stephen? Uh, so we, we uh, relied on some really nice analysis done by a couple of guys who wrote a book called Scorecasting. Uh, it's a lot like Freakonomics, actually. It's a combination of a sports writer, John Wertheim from Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and Toby Moskowitz, who's an economist also at the University of Chicago. And they basically, you know, when you try to do an analysis like this, you gather up all the possible data you can from all the different scenarios that seem to be applicable. So let's say, you know, a team has scored two touchdowns in a relatively short period. A quarterback has completed 10, let's say, six passes in a row. What's the likelihood that that upswing will continue? There was a famous paper, famous for academic economics, at least, about 20 years ago that looked at the hot hand in basketball, right? And it just asked this question. If a guy has hit eight shots in a row, let's say, in basketball, is he more likely than not to hit the ninth shot? And all, everybody involved in sports will tell you, absolutely, yeah, that's what the hot hand is about. You are in the zone. Right. Turns out that's not the case. It's just not the case. So again, I don't mean to deny, look, I'm a sports fan, so I don't want to bring too much statistics to our enjoyment of the game because it really can kill it. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, you bring in an OBGYN to your date. It's like it kind of makes sense, but it's, it, it kind of messes things up a little okay. bit. So, so I think too much statistics on in sports will take a little bit of the pleasure out of it. But if you try to overlay a little bit, you can understand what's going on. Sure. But so how do you explain Tebow then? Because I saw it with my own two eyes last week, Stephen. I saw it with my own two 
eyes on my face that suddenly <laughs> after 55 minutance of uh what do i call it subpar let's call it uh subpar is a nice thing to call it okay yeah. it was yeah. subpar to say the least five minutes to go that came out of nowhere i i i suggest to you for your next free freakonomics case tebow time believe it tebow we're working time. on it we're working on it and believe it or not because it is such a weird case i guarantee you that at about three or four years from now you're going to see a bunch of papers published in academic journals that are trying to answer this exact question. Because you know why? Because it's valuable to figure out if you can make a bigger lesson out of this. In other words, it's valuable to think about, hey, let's say I run a Fortune 50 company. I know the kind of CEOs we always hire. Maybe we should go the Tebow route this time. What is it about <laughs> Tebow that's different? Or maybe president of the United States. You know, maybe we should have a president that's more like Tebow. Like, he can't throw, but you know what? That's okay. The president doesn't need to do all those things we think he needs to do. So, I don't know. We are looking into Tebow, though. Wow, I had no idea t- this, this was such a seminal moment in, <laughs> on planet Earth. Here I thought it was just a different way to uh, evaluate the quarterback position. You're throwing it out there that this could be, this could be earth-shattering. Truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, look, we don't we don't we don't we don't roll our sleeves up until the stakes are very high. That's the way we work. Right. OK. OK. So I'm just giving you some <laughs> ideas with the Tebow time is a good one. And uh, and backup quarterbacks that come in in the middle of a season, uh, yeah. how that actually works out statistically. I, I, like, yeah. I like those two for homework for you, Steve. I appreciate it. We'll send you a little royalty check for those ideas. I'll take it. Well, hey, listen, I, I've seen you got documentary. Your podcast is blowing up. You're top five on I, top ten on iTunes, Stephen, pretty much every week. So way to go. Yeah, we uh, we actually just bribe uh, Apple. I don't know if you've tried that no, yet. You might want to give it a shot. It doesn't work, man. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, uh, but hey, before I, I let you go, you're an Appalachian State guy, right? I, I am. I am indeed, yeah. Okay. Um, I appreciate you not bringing that up in this conversation. I, I had a that would it. mean you're that would mean you're a Michigan that guy. That would be correct, Stephen. I was in an airport a couple months ago. I saw a guy wearing an Appalachian State T-shirt, mm-hmm. which you never see. So I went up to him and I said, "Really, Appalachian? Me too." He said, "Uh-uh, Ohio State." Oh boy, so that's this wrong. is uh... <laughs> that's just so not cool. Well, I'm sorry. We're, we're, it's okay. We're going to take care of that business on Saturday, Stephen. That's what we're going to do. So <laughs> Good luck to you. Thank you very right. much. And good All luck right. to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I look forward to getting some of the results of what we've uh, what we've thrown in the hopper here. I appreciate it, Rich. Thank you. you. That is Stephen J. Dubner. Uh, go to Freakonomics.com. Also, download his podcast on iTunes, Freakonomics. And there's also uh, the documentary as well as uh, the book, Freakonomics and Super Freakonomics, joining me here on the show. Pleased to welcome back none other than the coach of our coaches show, along with Jim Mora, and also the podcast that goes along with it. NFL.com slash podcast. There you go. Also from Fox Sports, none other than Brian Billick. Good to see you, Coach. Yes, sir. All right. It's getting fun, isn't it? You know what? It's it's going too fast for me. (laughs) It's going way too fast for me. I just don't know if it's because of the anticipation and the hope that there was going to be a season that it's just going faster. Well, and it's becoming ever. very real because I think we can, we've got a sense now of what teams are good. Mm-hmm. We've got those that are jockeying for the playoff spots. But still, and I think it's this season more so than any I can remember, 
you got no idea from week to week, as good as a team may be, right. that, that, okay, this is going to go a certain way, and I got a sense of what, that this team can be, a, team A can beat team B, and then, boom, it flips on you. Right. Although, when Aaron Rodgers throws for three touchdowns at 299 yards, but throws an interception. It feels a bit like, boy, what a terrible game. And I, and I loved what he said post-game, too. He said, essentially, like, I don't, I, I'm not being false humble. He wasn't, like, humble bragging, you know, uh, but he... It did. I mean, the Bucks had an opportunity. Yeah. They, they really did have an opportunity in that game. That was the one time this year where I thought third quarter, maybe this could be the uh, you day. Know, the, what I saw in that, and I just got done talking with Raheem Morris. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't like it when say, well, now we have a template. You know, someone plays well and beats a team and go, OK, now we have the template. And it's not that it's a template, but it's clear cut. If you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers going forward, if they're going to lose a game, right. whether it's now in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. You've got to get home with a four and five man rush because, and you got to change it up. I understand that, but if you just sit zone, he's going to cut you up like a Thanksgiving Day turkey. If you blitz too much because he's the number one against pressure, but if you can get a little pressure, change his clock with just a four and five man rush. And Tampa did that to a degree. I think Detroit has an opportunity to do that mm-hmm. to a degree with their four man rush because if you have to put that sixth and seventh guy on a regular basis, he's going to tear you up. He's just going to cut you up. Jay Cutler. Now he's out for mm. the foreseeable future, perhaps for the rest of the season. Matt Schaub, now he's out for the foreseeable future, potentially for the rest of the regular season. Caleb Haney, Matt Leinart, with two teams that have defenses that are stout. Mm-hmm. And running the ball well. Running the ball very well. And uh, uh, Chicago probably has a better special teams, although the Texans have somebody who can right. pop it every now and then. Which one, which team do you think is better equipped for a long-haul run well when you look at their schedules mm-hmm. as well and that's a factor of right? let's just say regular season to start because playoffs obviously puts us in a different category you know matt liner we're going to find out about Matt liner i mean he was he was a heisman trophy winner he was a top draft choice for a reason he has the physical skills he's taken over a team that has an outstanding running game uh even matt schaub didn't have to throw i think the last two games he threw it like 15 17 times a game um on getting Andre Johnson back. Boy, but what a nice gift from above to say, oh, by the way, you get to have this guy back. Right. Playing good defense. Um, they should be able to weather this storm a little bit more readily than, than, say, Chicago. Although Chicago, I think, again, since they've bought into the formula, it's not like they're having to change now. You know, Martz has come over to the dark side. Okay, I know I'm going to run the ball. We have that <laughs> formula. The dark side. It's not like he was running the greatest show on turf and now has to come back and now run the downhill running game and what he knows. Look, we're going to just do what we've been doing. And just like Jay Cutler, I'll keep Haney on a 25 pitch count for the game. And if we can do that, we're playing good enough defense. Devin Hester's going to get a field position. They should be fine going. Yeah, down the, the Bears rest of the have their next three games in the AFC West, which, as we know, isn't right. lighting up is any that? fires, right? They've got the Packers still to come. They've got a game against the Packers, um, you know, and they've got, uh, I believe, a game against the Vikings, who are Adrian Petersonless for the foreseeable future as well. And you're going to see them this week, right, in Atlanta? Uh, yeah. Vikings. Yeah, what a tough time to go on the road into Atlanta without oh, AP. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, uh, I mean, they have – I mean, the schedule is not too stout. It does. Stout. The, the hard part is, is you're not – for them, is you're not 
you're no longer chasing Green Bay, and I'm not, I'm not saying they can't overtake Green Bay, but you're you're now in a division. You're in the wild card division. I'll say it. They can't overtake Green okay, Bay. Good I mean, enough, with Caleb enough. Haney, they're sure. down three games. You know what I'm saying? So, so you're now in the wild card division, yes, and that wild card division includes obviously New Orleans and Atlanta and Detroit. Giants, uh, the Giants, or the, or or the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. So now there's a lot of moving parts here, and the coach will say, "Well, no, we're just playing one game at a time." Well, okay, I understand that, uh, and and but it's it, it it emotionally, you better believe your players are watching, and you know what, you need to keep showing them, you know, we're here, we're okay, mm-hmm. because I actually stood in front of a team one time that until I showed them the sequence of events, all very very doable, they thought they were done. It was the Rex Rex Ryan, you know, well, we must be out of the playoffs. Oh, wait a minute. Not so fast. Right. So you've got to keep your players engaged and show them, you know, don't panic here. We're okay. What do you think of the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, what do you make of them? Uh, Dion said on game day highlights that they've struck finally this year on the formula. A good amount of Turner, find Roddy White and your tight end, and then they finally they finally got something like that going in the same game. What do you make of the Atlanta They, they never wanted to get away from that. They wanted to become more explosive, but not at the cost of the things that they did well. Their defense, like last year, is playing good defense. Not great defense, but we're, we, we don't give them enough credit for playing good, you know, get-after-them type of defense. Mm-hmm. Who they've got on the horizon, they had a tough early schedule. Some of those losses now are against some pretty good teams. They're very much a factor with it. Uh, that New Orleans game could have gone either way, as we know, and so they're going to get another shot at that. So it's one of those things where um, I think they're they're hitting their stride just at the right time. They continue to be tough at home. That's going to be an advantage as well. Uh, Mike Smith is your brother-in-law, brother-in-law right? That's right? Is he married to your sister? Is that My, our, our wives are sisters. Your wives? Our sisters. How about that? How is that like when you're technically part of the media coming to town? What you know, are, we, we op- that? I know it's. I know the, the, they're heading a different way, but we still operate under the "don't ask, don't tell." Okay, so <laughs> that is still operative. Yes, in he, your world. he. I know not to ask certain things, and and because I, I just don't want to be lied to. Because I know he would, <laughs> as I would. Right. So if I really need something, I get my wife to ask her sister. That's based. There we it's go. The best uh, info. Interesting. How do you how do you think that fourth and inches call uh, is that is that over and done with, or do you think that you know, that still might resonate? It's in their no different than the call we just saw last week weekend with Raheem Morris going for it on two point early in the fourth quarter, typically yeah. wait till later, the double onside kick. The decision was well thought out. The execution and the result didn't turn out, mm-hmm. but the decision process, as long as there is logic behind what you're doing, then you make those decisions. Like Raheem. Raheem, that team was not, his team was not surprised by when them went going for two points that mm-hmm. early because mm-hmm. you prepare your team for it. On the road, now, do I disagree with maybe um, uh, where that left him in terms of just made him first and 10 on the 30 now? It's right. not like it was on the 50. So I may disagree with him there. But the the thought process that he used in getting to it, you, you can't argue with because he's been there before and he's done that before. And there was there was thought that went into it. When a coach makes a decision like that um, and it doesn't work out, 
What's the first thing that goes through your mind? You know, I, I had the game uh, in San Francisco, and it was a fourth and two or three, and Jim Harbaugh decided to go for it. And we had a camera on him, and you could tell as they were going up to the line of scrimmage, you could just see in his face, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done this. Can I call this back? Should I call it? He was just tormenting. And then when the ball was snapped and they ran it just off the edge, and you could see that look on his face was, no, no, I shouldn't have. And yes, we got the first down. Let's go. You know, you pay your money, you take your chances. As long as there is a thought process to it, it's not haphazard. And people have got to know, you don't just go running down the street going, yeehaw, let's go for it on fourth and two. There is a process involved. You learn to be comfortable with the process and to not beat yourself up if it didn't. I've made far too many calls in this league that were meticulously planned out, intelligently put together, practiced to the nth degree, called at the exact perfect time, and the ball is tipped, it's dropped, and you're an idiot. Now, I've made equal number of calls that were just as screwed up as could be designed, never really properly practiced, called at the worst possible time, and a guy makes a one-handed grab or runs three people over, and now you're a genius. You make enough of those calls, you realize, you know what, as long as I'm comfortable with the thought process that put us here, move on. What do you think the Jets are going through right now with Mark Sanchez, Brian. It's just, it's, it's one of those uh, situations where the griddle couldn't be hotter right now. And and in New York. Uh, right. And the, the, he's clearly regressed. I mean, I saw it with my own two eyes last Thursday night on NFL Network. What do you think the Jets are going through right now with him? A crisis, a crisis of confidence. Anytime when it comes to you, they're trying to support him. But anytime you have those questions at quarterback, now they're not guiltless in other areas. Uh, when I watched them approach Tim Tebow, and you knew they were going to go in with an eight-man front, match up with man, make mm-hmm. this guy throw that last play for uh, whoever it was that uh, the safety Smith. came inside. How do you, on an eight-man rush, let Tim Tebow get to the outside? Now that's not Rex Ryan's fault. That's not Mark Sanchez's fault. So it's those types of things. But it's going to come back to the turnovers. It's going to come back to the quarterback. They've made such a point that we're a great defense, we're going to run the ball, that's our plan. To put that on a quarterback that says, just don't screw it up when you get the opportunity. And then, oh, by the way, when we need for you to win it, let's go. It's a tough position to be in, but I agree. I think he has regressed, and it's a heck of a place to be. Did they, based on what you're seeing, the play calling, does it look like the Jets don't trust Mark Sanchez? You know what? You have to, one of the hardest things, I'm going to quit it to the young people we have right now in the game. I love the fact that that Cam Newton and Andy Dalton and Christian Ponder, they're, they're letting it fly. Each threw three interceptions. Even Jake Locker came in off the bench yeah, and looked very you know, solid. You need to learn those lessons. But the lessons that Andy Dalton is learning on a team that is in the playoff hunt, Cam Newton and and Christian Ponder, what are you going to do? Lose another game? You know who cares? Remember right. the movie? Uh, I forget the name of it. it was Richard Gere movie where he was he was in China and they were going to kill him and he went before the court and he insulted the court and whatever. So what are you going to do? Shoot me twice? Right. I already know I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different. Throwing the ball around in those circumstances and they're learning. Andy Dalton's learning throwing around the ball in and and it matters and and I think that's going to put him ahead of the curve. So when you're in a position where you've got to let it fly, you know, I can't tell you how many times the really great quarterbacks learn that I can't do just what the coaches tell me. If you were to stop the ball as the ball came out of the hand on a lot of throws by a pro quarterback Mm -hmm. and looked at what he was throwing to, as a coach, as someone who's watched a lot of games, you'd go, where are you going? What are you doing throwing the ball there? 
and all of a sudden it finds its way in. You got to get to that point, but you got to earn that right. That's the that's the crucible that Mark Sanchez is at right now. You got to make those kind of throws. What do you golfers say? Never up, never in. Sure. Confident to make those throws, hoping that you can laugh. Because if you don't, if you reel back saying, "Well, I'm just not going to make those throws anymore," well, now you're doing nothing, and now you're not servicing your team either. He's at a tipping point. He is definitely at a tipping point. Crucible is a perfect word for what he is in right now. Yeah, it's because uh, of the expectations too. and everything that go with it. But that, hey, that's why you make the big bucks. That's why you do make the big bucks. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. You got your coach's show. You got to get to. That's. Uh, the man uh, from the Coaches Show, NFL.com slash podcasts. You got it. What We're is there? the Coaches Show on again? Uh, uh, 6.30 on Monday. Yeah, you I and know Jim, you got a T-vote. I you know and you Jim Moore. Oh, season passed. <laughs> it's season passed. Absolutely. And also catch him on Fox uh, Atlanta versus Minnesota. Minnesota this very week. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Brian You too. Billick. Have yeah. a good holiday. That's Brian Billick here on the program. All right. Good show, everybody. Hope uh, you're enjoying your Thanksgiving week uh, prior to the big day. If you're downloading it before Thanksgiving Thursday. If you are, then please make sure that you watch NFL Game Day Morning, a special Thanksgiving morning edition of the show at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Join me, Dion Mooch Marshall, and Michael Irvin from MT Bank Stadium. It better be somewhat warm because we're going to be out there for two and a half hours from 10 a.m. to 12.30, taking it a kickoff of Packers-Lions. And then at 7 Eastern Time, uh, Dolphins and uh, Cowboys should be in its final throws uh, if not, maybe already over. Join us at uh, MNT Bank for an hour-long pregame show leading up to Ravens and Niners at eight Eastern Time on NFL Network. Good, t- good stuff right there. Chris Law and uh, Michael Hayden rejoining me here. Podcast, yes. audio, and television producers. We've got a big game this weekend, do we not, Michael Hayden? Big, big game. Family business I, gets I have- settled by Brady Hoke. On Saturday. I, I, I am down with Hokamania. Family business gets settled. I can't this wait. This is it. Why is that always a noon Eastern game? Is it? Uh, I think it's a long tradition. Okay. Uh, Michigan this year yes. played its first game under the lights this year. Um, so I'm imagining we might see a different scenario the next time Michigan hosts this game. Uh, I'm sure the, the powers that be in Connecticut are going to be you know, twisted some arms over the next couple yeah. uh, weeks. But, yeah, it's a 9 a.m. start here locally, waking up. Well, some of us well, will be up way before that. You two guys with no kids <laughs> will be might be turning over and turning on Brent. Uh, actually, it's not Brent. It's uh, it's the Dave Pash um, crew with yeah. – uh, with, um, Spielman. Uh, with Spielman. Spielman. But minus, minus Urban Meyer. Very... Minus, minus Urban Meyer. He will not be there. No, which is a good thing. As much as I love Urban Meyer, he's been on this podcast. Yes, I think yes. he's a, he's been very good as an announcer. There's no way he should be within a country mile. What did you of hear that game? The reason they said they, he wasn't there is because well, yeah, he does better in the studio. It's be game day morning. He's whatever. going to game day morning. So they, they're in a bad spot. Yeah, they're in a, a bad spot. One. Everybody knows they're in a bad spot. But because uh, he's going to be the next Ohio State coach, I'd be stunned if that's that wasn't the case. It's going to be tough for us. Hey, man, that's okay. That's okay. That's Lloyd's right, Lloyd's farewell. Urban had his guy, Tebow. Lloyd Carr's farewell in the bowl game. Chad Henney spread him out. They ran that. They ran the spread offense. Lloyd sort of farewelled everybody. You think I'm a dinosaur? I'm going to spread it out. Rich Rod, you're standing on the sideline with your Michigan hat, Wait, watching really? me, which makes it 10 <laughs> times more awkward. I'm going to beat Urban Meyer with his guy, Tim Tebow. Yeah. That was not what I expected. Uh, that's right. That uh, hey, listen, bring it. Urban, bring it. Bring it. 
That's all I'm saying. And this Saturday, family business gets settled. You, sir, Penn State's got a big football game, right? They're a very big one against Wisconsin to go to the Big Ten uh, championship game to take yes to take on Michigan. Michigan State. State. Yes. I know that was a that was a uh, forty slip. slip. Yeah, yeah. There. Michigan gotcha. State. Gotcha. Michigan State. You so said Michigan. Dot 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 state. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's obviously a huge game, and uh, it would be great to. Do to you get think there. you should cough up your bowl bid the way Miami did? Um, I think Miami's players were involved in what was going on there, and uh, and that's why. They had to do it. Their starting quarterback was involved, suspended. Right. The current Penn State kids have nothing to do with it, and I think it's unfair to them. Mm-hmm. But I also can see the big picture of um, a lot has gone wrong at Penn State, and how do you how do you play football games and make a, a ton of money off of bowl games when this has all happened? So the right answer, I don't really have it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them play for for those kids who, you know. That that game against Nebraska must have been one of the most difficult things to right for for the Nebraska kids too I right mean, so I hope they get there I hope they play it and uh, I hope they win and you know Jay said this week they're gonna they took Joe's name off the inaugural trophy they did and uh, if they win it they're gonna take a post it note and put his name back on it and it'll be interesting to see take if it a happens such a shame. Note, man. Jeez, but it's yeah, it's sad. They they have uh, this. Thing I heard called, they're going to take the monument down, right? This well, week that they, they're, they're yeah. planning. That they're, at least that was the rumor There's that the, the Jopa monument in front of the stadium. That they're going to do it uh, when all the kids are are home for Thanksgiving break. And and uh, well, they, we have this. Uh, it's a very popular place. It's called the Penn State Creamery. It's an agricultural school. They make uh, ice cream, mm-hmm. and there's a flavor called Peachy Paterno. And it's a tradition. You you go, you get the ice cream. And uh, one of my friends texted me the label today and it said just uh, peach ice cream so they took his name oh, off the ice cream was this overreaction no i mean no. But i don't think so i don't think so it's tough it's a mess i mean that there's all this no. stuff coming out with the, the governor and involvement with the second mile well, also in so, wall street gosh. journal on tuesday with a with an email of, of the uh, compliance offer or the yeah, i guess the saw that. Uh, she was in charge this lady who was in charge of uh, discipline on campus yeah, and basically Joe Pub strong armed her out of the school. Ay ay ay. Well, at any rate, we've got a big game. Yes. On Saturday, yeah. I saw Santonio Holmes in the elevator on uh, on the Wednesday before the Jets Broncos. He comes on. He pushes a button. That's five, I got five floors to say something. <laughs> I'm like, we got a big game in ten days, Santonio. He just looks at me. He slapped me on the butt with whatever he whatever papers he had. He goes. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> what Walk do you think up. him and Braylon do for that game? Um, well, they used to they used to do something, but now they Braylon's used to make long it, distance. It was a jersey bet. Yeah, I know, I know. I yeah, know, well, it's, I don't. I don't, I don't think now. there's any Michigan guys on. Well, that's not true. They, big big time, uh, big time um, uh, linebacker. Da- David, David Harris. Uh, Harris. Oh yeah, David Harris. He's a big-time Michigan man, so him and Santonio will have something going on there. All right, uh, we we have the fan camps. We do. We have uh, four Bud Light fan camps again this week. Uh, Corpus, Corpus Christi, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. So those are the four spots this week for the Bud Light fan camps. And uh, as always, um, you must be 21 years or older to participate and go to the Bud Light Facebook page for more information on the fan camps next week. We've got Adam Carolla scheduled in studio. The ace he's man supposed back. to, yeah. The how, ace man's supposed to return. How's his meniscus? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know that the last time when we we set up the 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 Adam poll. And by the way, this past week, 
Adam Carolla did this last year on the podcast, and when he came on this year on the podcast, says the uprights need to be extended. This week, two, two, two of them came yeah. down to it. One, one of which the uh, Phil Dawson, Phil Dawson in Cleveland would have made it seventeen ten. Instead, it was ruled no good, and the ball sailed well over the upright. There is no way, as as Adam says, that a sixty year old with cataracts, <laughs> as he calls these poor <laughs> officials underneath the uprights, can. Look forward and then look straight up, ball flying overhead, and make a snap judgment. He's right, by the way. Yeah. And then uh, the Graham Gano was no good for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, Redskins thought Dan Bailey's game winner for the Cowboys. You couldn't tell that either. Yeah. Because it just sailed over directly over the upright, or maybe not. So Ace has something to talk about. He's pound the table again. Dead on. I know. So uh, he's in studio, scheduled, uh, definitely one hundred percent booked is the return of Brockmeyer. Jim Brockmeyer. Returning for the plays of the month of November. Good time stuff. Uh, okay, thanks so much, Michael Hayden. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy Long. your Thanksgiving, yes, Rich. you too. That's it for the Rich Eisen Podcast presented by Bud Light. Stay listening, your friends. 